Psalm 63. Can we read it together? The verses will come on the screen. Psalm 63, and we're going to read from verses uh, 1 to 8. This psalm is very close to my heart, and it's something that I am constantly praying, God, I want this psalm to be the condition of my heart every day. And I believe that it is so important as God has given us the theme to be anchored in Christ Jesus. That's the theme that God has given us for this year. And it says, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary, Hebrews 6.19. And one of the things I kept on praying to God, asking, Lord, how do we make this as a reality? Because promise words are great on New Year's night and then the beginning of January. Up to end of January, we hold on to it. And then Feb, life kicks in. March, um, you know, uh, exams kick in. April, summer comes and... Uh, Everything is long gone, right? So that's one of the reasons why we have the anchor wall as a reminder of the anchor habits and the decisions that you are making. And next Sunday, we have Pastor Nick, who is the senior pastor of uh, Birmingham Christian Center, uh, who is, uh, you know, the BCC is a church that has been traveling with us from the beginning of our church plant and, and, and the church that has been partnering with us and praying with us. So he's uh, the new senior pastor of that church. And many of you remember Pastor Mark Ryan from UK. So he's moved on to another church and Nick is the new uh, senior pastor. And he will also be continuing in the same series on, on Anchor. He's been following what's been going on and, and God has been stirring up in his heart. And we were just discussing this week um, and, and he was saying, uh, this is what I'm planning to speak on next Sunday. And it was absolutely in perfect alignment of what I was going to share today. And it was so beautiful to see how God works, right? Like he's, an, uh, he's somebody who's never been to our church but ready to uh, come and give God's word. And God has just beautifully aligned everything of what we need to receive from God. Amen. It only goes to shows that how much God loves you. Amen. I'm talking about you. How much God loves you. You can smile. Oh, wow, that's me. Right? So let's read Psalm 63 from verses 1 to 8. Let's read it together, yeah? 1, 2, 3, go. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. Because you are my helper. I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. This is a psalm of David. And David writes this during a time of his wilderness. His time of separation. His time of challenge. And, and you, as you know, David's challenges was really tough. You know, death or life situation. And the only thing that he had going in his life is 
a security that he had in his heart knowing that God is with him. David always lived, and this is the beauty of David, and this is um, why probably God says that David is after my own heart. And the reason God says that is because David always lived under the wonder and marvelous nature of the greatness of God in his life at all times. He never reduced God to his situation. Hear, hear me out and hear me out clearly. He never reduced God to his situation. He always kept God at awe and wonder. He always looked at the greatness of God and always had a mindset and his heart was always, yes, my problems are so big, but wow, greater is my God. Wow, I'm in life and death situation, but at the same time, wow, great is his faithfulness. So what happened in David's life is that no matter what he went through, he was always able to understand that God's presence that is in him is so much greater than what is present in front of him. Let me say that again. God's presence that is in him is always greater than the situation that is present before him. He never internalized the external problems because what he internalized is the presence of God. A lot of us are not able to experience God's presence because we internalize the problem and we are unable to experience the God who is inside us. The promise word that God gave us, Hebrews 6.19, and the second part of the verse, it says, it leads us. What leads us? The hope that we have in Christ Jesus. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary which means that there is nothing between you and God there is nothing that can separate you from God God is leading you into his presence into his inner sanctuary you know there is this word in English and they use it in a in only like really important times and in when they introduce important people and they used to do it for kings and queens and the word is behold 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 your king behold your queen so if they announce for the queen of england to walk into the dining room and everybody's seated for the banquet and the, the moment you know the queen walks in they say behold the queen of england behold the king and the word behold by definition this is what it says to see or to observe someone or something especially of remarkable or impressive nature. Let me read that again. The word behold means to see or to observe someone or something especially of remarkable or impressive nature. So be beholding is a posture. When you see something remarkable, 
you are looking somewhere else but you see something remarkable you automatically look up you see something remarkable your attention is on it you want to observe what's going on to look at someone or something especially of great remarkable nature and impressive nature this morning i want to talk to you on this title behold your god behold your god your god is remarkable your god is greater than anything that can get your attention here on this world your god is greater than any monument that any human hands can ever build on this earth your god is greater behold your god behold your god king jesus many of us we are unable to stay in the presence of god because we have lost the wonder of his greatness we have lost the wonder of his presence we have reduced him to what we are going through for many of us our prayer life fades away because we do not know what to do when the basis of a relationship is no longer a need it's no longer a need when you're going through challenges your prayer life is a hike when you're facing problems your prayer life has a peak if there was a a graph that you can draw over your prayer life semester exam pray 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 <laughs> got to pay fees pray 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 you've got june coming in the month of may and june all the parents prayer life is at peak because they have to pay fees for all their children Oh Lord come and have your way for there is no other way And it's at peak and we are so tuned our nature is so tuned that we make our relationship with God as a need based relationship and not a greatness based relationship And this is why we find it hard to sustain our prayer life to sustain our relationship with God. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 15 this is what it says. This is what the sovereign Lord the holy one of Israel says, only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength. Not in loudness, not in chaos. not in just being busy you will find your strength in quietness you will find your confidence in the lord in quietness if you don't do this it says you would have none of it if you don't return to god if you're not still in the presence of god you will not be able to experience god our relationship to god shapes our relationship with everybody else many of us struggle we say pastor my relationship with others i am struggling the question that we need to ask ourselves first is how is your relationship with god get the relationship with god right first and everything else will fall into place i want us to learn how we can be anchored 
in God's presence. Many of us are unable to open up a space in our mind that will embrace God for who he is and how great he is. If you really try to fit God and his greatness into your mind and into your capacity, you will only come to a point of realization that it is impossible and we do not have the capacity to truly understand the nature of God and his, and his greatness, which will then bring you to a place of surrender. It will bring you to a place to say that I am safe with him, even though, though I don't understand it all, but I am nurtured, I am safe with him. Psalm chapter 27 verse 4 it says, the one thing I ask the Lord, the thing that I seek the most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. One thing that I ask. This is like almost a genie turning up and us telling you, I have, you have one wish. What will that be? And you'll have a list of 100 things going in your head. Only one wish? I can pick only one thing? Yes, only one. This is almost, the psalmist having a similar situation, but he has made up his mind that his one thing will always be a secure relationship with Christ. A secure relationship with God. Nothing else. One thing and one thing that I ask is his presence is his presence. Behold your God, how great he is, how marvelous he is. But as much as great he is, as much as marvelous he is, as much as the magnificent nature of God is all around us, we are unable to experience that. Some of us are creative. Some of us are logical. Some of us are analytical. You could look at a tall building and I'd be like, whoa, how awesome is that? And somebody else who's really like analytical would, would come and look at this building and say, oh my goodness, I wonder how many people died making this. <laughs> it's too much work. I wonder how many flows are in this. They want to get into numbers. Some wants to know how deep the foundations are. Everybody has a different perspective of looking at, at something that is great. Something that is, that is huge, something that is big, and something that is impressive. And we all have different ways of looking at it, different ways of experiencing it. And it's the same when it comes to you experiencing God. You have your own way of experiencing God and that is okay. That's your personality. That is okay. But what we need to do is always experience Him and never stop that. Never stop that. If you want a reason to praise God, just step out, look at the vast blue sky. That is good enough for me to just worship God at His magnificence just looking at the sky for the rest of my life. 
That's good enough reason to me, for me to know His nature, for me to know how vast His love is, for me to know how vast His grace is, for me to know His capacity, for me to know His potential, and for me to know how secure I am in Christ Jesus. There is good enough reasons around us, just in nature, just in His creation, just in ourselves, just in ourselves, looking, just look at, look at yourself, how, how beautiful God has made you. Turn to the person sitting next to you, look at them and tell them, check me out. Look how good I am. Some people are getting shy. <laughs> you are made remarkable. You are made remarkable. God's fingerprints is on your life, over your life, and, and all over you because you are God's masterpiece. The Bible says that we are inscribed in the palm of His hand and it's, that's something really secure. And God, you know, He's always, always thinking about us. So what are we called to do in response to His magnificence? What are we called to say in response to who He is? We are called to behold Him without ceasing. Can you keep looking at God and His glory and in His presence without ceasing? Can you pause? Can you see? Can you observe? Can you make time to observe what God is doing in your life and around you? Because you can find God in everything. You can find His move in everything. Every day from the moment that you wake up, put on your makeup. That was rhyming. From every single moment that you move, God's move is there with you, among you and through you. But what is it that is distracting us? What's distracting us is the petty things of life, trivial matters of life. And we give so much feed into that. We feed into that so much, we give attention to those things so much that we lose the wonder of who God is. The Bible says you're made, how? Fearfully and wonderfully. If the wonder of God is out there, the wonder of God is in you as well. And can we merge it? One of the practical ways to behold Him without ceasing is to go to God's presence in worship. I don't know how many of you have this personal worship time or discipline of worshiping God in your personal time. I know we talk about praying. We talk about reading the Bible, but I'm talking about worshiping God. And, and when I talk about worshiping God, I'm not just talking about singing to God because that's, that's an expression. That's an expression. 
Dancing is an expression of joy. Singing is an expression of joy. Uh, you know, many of us, like when we are in a good mood, we start singing, right? You know, whistling is an expression of joy. There are some people who've got, how many of you got fathers who whistle around in the house? Right? And that's also an expression of joy. Singing in the shower tells everybody that you're in a good mood today. Tells your neighbors that you're in a good mood today. Tells the dogs in your street that you're happy today. Because you're singing your heart out. All of these are expressions of your mood, of how you feel. But being in the presence of God should not be connected just to a mood or how you feel. Being in the presence of God will put you in a constant emotion of joy because you will only find joy and security and hope in the presence of the Lord. So which means that whatever external factor that I might face, I am not going to internalize it because what I have internally is the presence of God which will always be greater than what is present in front of me. So my emotional state will always be a place of joy, which means that I'm going to express it through singing. So worship should become a natural factor in your life of the realization of who God is and that he will never leave you nor forsake you. The people of Israel constantly saw the pillar of cloud and the fire and to show them that God is with them and they saw that but yet they were not able to always praise him and worship him and one of the reasons why we struggle to go into the presence of God or to have a discipline of worshiping God in our lives through various expressions is because we are distracted we are distracted by the temporary situations that we face in our life. And we forget that it's temporary. We think that, oh, this is permanent. This is not going to go. I, I don't know how I'm going to face this. And we internalize it. I'm waiting for the day when we will hit the news. Where... The media will cover a group of Christians randomly dancing because of the joy of the Lord in the main road. Okay, now there's, there's a lot of risk factors involved there. <laughs> but I'm just saying. Because joy is contagious. You know why? Because the presence of the Lord is contagious. What you carry on the inside will always overflow. Will always overflow. And it's contagious. So I'm inviting you church. Behold your God. See him. Look up to him. See him for who he, for who he is. See him for what he's more than able to do. Always have an excitement. Always have a heart to look forward. Because when you have that heart, you will always be worshipping him. You will have no time to worry. You will have no time to be distracted. You will have no time to be tempted. You will have no time for those things because your heart is always in the posture of worship. Can we all stand together?
And I want to just go back to that psalm. Because that entire psalm, Psalm 63, verses 1 to 8, is, is David saying that from a place of beholding who God is. From understanding who God is. And he says, Oh God, that's, 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 this, that's David realizing, you know, we say that, right? But we say it in, 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 in a, with a wrong tone. When something goes wrong, we're oh God. <laughs> when something chaos happens, or something is messed with, oh, oh my goodness, oh God. Oh my goodness is the goodness of the Lord, which is not to be said that way. It's almost equivalent to blasphemy saying, oh God, in a, in a depressing way. Because, oh God, is always an uptone. Is always a realization. So this is like David being in the wilderness, probably like us, maybe moaning or wanting to think that life is, this is the end of life kind of thing. But then it's like almost he had a light bulb moment. And he goes, oh God, you are my God. Like what am, why am I, what am I doing? You are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body. This is just David registering to God. Saying that I am desperate for you God. Don't leave me. And this is the posture that we need to have no matter what. This is what will take us into the inner sanctuary of God. This is what will keep us in the presence of God. This is what will help us to always see, Behold your God. And he says, My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you. Whenever you get whole body pain, my whole body wants to lie down. Situations. But he says, My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land. Where there is no water. He's telling exactly where he is. In dry place. In a dry place. Now that, that one might be a physical location for him. For many of you here, you are not living in a parched weary land. Trichy is a blessed city. There's a lot of water. Unlike some metros. Just saying. But you, that is an emotional state for you. We are parched emotionally. We are living in a weary land emotionally. We feel like we, there is no water, there is no life for us emotionally and we are parched and that's an emotional say, state. And he says, David says, in the middle of a weary land where there is no water, where there is just dryness all around him, there is no life there. In the middle of that, David is saying, I have seen you in your sanctuary. How can he have that perspective? In the state of our mind where everything seems to be dry, parched, no water, no life, no encouragement, I cannot move forward situation. There is no hope situation. Nobody will come to help me situation. Even in that, you can say, God, 
but I am seeing who you are. Can you all raise your hands and say this with me? I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. That's who our God is. And David says that and he starts realizing, he starts beholding. This is how David is beholding who his God is and he's saying your unfailing life, your unfailing love is better than my life. God, my, your love is better than my life itself. How I praise you. How I worship you. I will praise you. He's making a commitment. I will praise you as long as I live. Lifting up my hands to you in prayer. Lord, you satisfy me more than the richest feast. Can you say that? After eating a full bloated, you know, having a full bloated tummy, can you still say, even though I feel full, but my heart is fuller because of who my God is. Never satisfy yourself with anything materially. Never leave your soul in that state, in that place where you have tasted something materially and then you start thinking, ah, oh, this is good. That is not good. Because your soul should always remember, even though the material things can give me this feeling, but greater is His love. And I don't want to be stuck to this material goodness, but I want to be stuck to the feeling of how great and good God is. That's a state of mind. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you, God, with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you. Many of us, we lie awake thinking of problems, thinking of worries, thinking of your potential girlfriend and boyfriend. Hey, can I be real? Thinking of what would be the results after your exams, thinking about what would happen, thinking if my customers will pay me, thinking if my clients would respond to me, thinking if, if I'll have career in success. We think about so many things lying in bed. And David is saying, I'm just lying awake thinking of you, God. Thinking of how marvelous you are. I just, I'm not able to sleep because you're just great. Have you ever had that night? Think about it. Have you ever had a night where you realize how great God is that you just couldn't go to bed? That you just want to praise, that you just want to be in His presence. And He says, you are my helper. I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. And I cling to you. I cling to you. Don't cling to material things. Don't cling to promises of a, of a man or a woman. Don't cling to anybody else's hope. Don't cling on to anybody else's faith because God is personal. He loves you. He cares about you. And He has given His word Himself to you that He will be your strength. He'll be a strong fortress. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Can you cling to Him? Can you cling to Him? Just lift your voices and if you can raise your hands as how David raised his hands in prayer. And as an act of surrender, saying that, Lord, I will obey, I will trust.